In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. It's time, and we're glad that it's time. This is In the Lab. I'm Drew. That's uh, John. And John, in about a week or so, we're going to be out on the fields at the Houston Methodist Training Center across Kirby from where we are now, which is NRG Stadium. Watching the Texans practice, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Saw Nick Casario in the building a moment ago. He was taking a quick break to get water because, you know, Nick Casario doesn't really ever stop doing anything. But uh, he hydrates properly, and that's good. So it was good to see the GM in the building. But, um, hey, I can't wait to get going because it's been – it's it's always such a long off season, you know, like, Oh, I am ready for the yeah. next game when week 17 is, is finishing or when the playoff game, whenever you lose in the playoffs is finished. Yeah. I want to play next week. And there's no next week for about nine months. Uh, most of the time, you know? Yeah. And this off season is, <laughs> I don't think I have to tell anybody this off season has been an interesting one on many different levels. So not that, training camp all of a sudden wipes it all away or that feeling away or whatever. No, no, no. But I mean, if you think about, man, think about it from this perspective, Drew, from March, middle of March, 2020, I'm sitting, I'm in studio right now. I'm in the dig on the Texans radio studio where we do a lot of work. And I remember being in here and I think you were in here and they were shutting the rodeo down Yeah, for COVID. And I remember finishing up that week and my family was going to the beach for a late spring break. And that's when full on COVID shutdowns was happening. The new NFL league year was starting and then it all started kind of unraveling because a trade was made and, and it's like, man, from that point forward, it's been like, Oh, I mean, it, it feels sort of punching bag ish, but really, you can rewind. You can really, you can rewind, to the, you can rewind to the kickoff uh, after you go up twenty four nothing. That kickoff return that I mean, that that's Cole Hardman, yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. I mean, you're right, but either, but you're right. I mean, it's it's been kind of a you know, as Texans fans, you just be like, man, where's the next punch coming? We can from? actually keep going back and back and back. Yeah, yeah, want to really yeah. play that game, yeah. So anyway, yeah, let's, but, let's let's look forward. Yeah. And so you fast forward to now and it's like, okay, you've gone through all that. You're still kicking. You still got a squad ready to go. You got some new players you should be excited about. You got some uh, returners, you know, coming back, not kick returns, although you do have Andre Roberts coming in. Yeah. But you've got guys that you know, Laramie Tunsil's thought to be one of the top three tackles in the league. You know, Zach Cunningham is one of the top, 10 to 12 linebackers in the league. Um, so you, you've got you've got guys that you can be very, very excited about. And look, the, the quarterback situation is going to play out and we'll, we'll let it play out and, and, and react accordingly when it's done or there's guidance or whatever happens. We have no idea. But I think that's part of it too, Drew, is, is there has been this kind of, I, I don't know. I mean, I get asked all the time. I know you do. Man, you're out and about and you see people and, I was actually getting my car service. This is probably about a month ago. I was getting my car service. And I'm sitting there and this guy, I can feel this guy just staring at me. And I'm like, bro, what? And so I kind of looked up 
And when he saw my eyes, he's like, and I have my mask on. He's like, you're, you're John Harris for the Texans, right? And then, of course, he wanted to bend my ear about, about everything. Um, and he's like, so, so what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I'm like, I don't know. And I'm sort of tired of saying I don't know. At least on Wednesday, we can start looking at this team and go, okay, here's what my eyes are seeing on the football field, and I trust my eyes more than anything else. I can tell you what's happening on a football field, and I feel good about that, and I feel good about what's here. Okay, let's, let's watch this team grow together and see what happens. But it's just been, you know, when anything is so completely unknown, I mean, how do you react? You just react with, I, I don't know, we'll see. I hate we'll see. I remember my, my mother used to tell me that all the time. Mom, what, you know, I would ask her, um, hey, can, can, we go, can we go to the mall? Because back then in the 80s, going to the mall was a cool thing. I don't know. We'll see. Like, we'll see what? Like, are we going to go? Are we not? Like, what's the deal? Maybe's so, a good answer, too. I, I integrate yeah, that maybe. when my kids ask. We'll see, and maybe I take turns. They're, listen, they're great parental answers. Yeah. They but, buy uh, you time. Kind of. You know, a good, good we'll see, good maybe to, to talk about, to turn things back to the Texans at hand. Philip Lindsay. We'll see what he's going to do. We'll see how much the Texans are able to integrate him and, and do what uh, they want with him. Because, you know, last year I had turf toe concussion, knee injury, kept him from, from doing what he would have liked to do. Only got to play in about 11 games, still averaged 4.3 a pop, picked up 500 yards on the ground, scored a touchdown. But before that, first two seasons in the league, he cracks a thousand. And I know a thousand yards is not what a thousand yards used to be, but when right. you're an undrafted rookie, that's a big deal. Um, and a guy that used to play here at the safety spot, two seasons, Nick Ferguson. I did a fun interview with him about a week ago. Uh, he's one of my favorite Texans that I've ever dealt with, uh, just kind of off the field. Good guy. Finished his 10-year career here. Spent the bulk of it with the Broncos in the mid-aughts. And, um, you know, he was on some really good teams. In fact, in those 10 seasons that he played, he was only under 500 on an under 500 team once. And that was in wow. 2007 with the Broncos went 500 or above 500 every other year that he played, but um, spent his time there. Most of it in Denver lives in Denver. Now has done a coaching internship with the Broncos. Now he's a sports talk radio host at nights on a sports talk radio station in Denver. Been doing that a while. And he's seen just about every Philip Lindsay carry over the last yeah. few years. And he and I keep in touch via text, via Twitter. He's always been high on him when Lindsay was a Bronco raved about his explosiveness, his, his kind of controlled violence, his smarts, his want to all that stuff. And he is very, very much a Philip Lindsay fan. So when the Texans signed Philip Lindsay, he was bending my ear immediately. Like he was blowing me up. He's like, you guys got a good one. This is going to be good for the Texans. And he has been very, very vocal about Lindsay's pass catching. And you might hear that and go like, well, Nick, what the hell are you talking about? Because Lindsey's <laughs> only been targeted 47 times as a rookie, 48 times uh, the next year in 19, and then only 14 times last year. So basically he gets targeted just under three times per game. And he says, Ferguson says, well, that's math. You need to target yeah. him more because if he gets the ball out in space, he can meet a mismatch nightmare for linebackers. And he thinks the Texans need to feed this guy in the passing game as well as in the run game because he thinks – uh, Lindsay can do some really good things in that regard. You're a safety yourself. I think you and Nick would have would have gotten along grandly had you been here then. 
But what do you think of that when you hear what Ferguson's saying? Because Nick's not just some dumb fan. I mean, he actually knows the game. He's coached <laughs> yeah. and he's watched this guy and he, he understands yeah. what's going on. So I think it's kind of intriguing when Nick says those things, because by all accounts, I think he's a, he's a razor sharp guy. What do you think when you hear about Lindsay being integrated into the passing game with what you've seen from him uh, running the ball those first two years? Because you kind of have to throw last year out with all the injuries and what was going on. I think it's a dead on take, to be honest. And here's where you got to be uh, I say careful. But when you're looking at a running back, you know, the old days, I mean, you know, come back to the 80s. I remember my 1980s running backs were running 25 times a game. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. You don't have guys running about 25 times a game. If you get guys in the 20 to 22 carries a game, that status, that, that's pretty good. I mean, you know, Derrick Henry carries it a lot. He carries it a lot. And he and, needs to. You need to give him that. I mean, he's right, one of those guys he's that the focal point. Should. He's the focal point of that offense. So, yeah. you know, Derrick Henry carried it 378 times last year, which is uh, it's an enormous, enormous number. And they just kept feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. Now, if I do quick math, that's two, three. That's 23 carries a game. And – on the flip side, he had only 19 receptions. Unfortunately, the longest receptions he had were against us. But that's 19 receptions last year. And he's never been – that was his highest number of receptions. So he had 397 touches. That's the number one back in the league. My point in all that is I think that Phillip – I think there's, there's a level of diminishing returns, I think, the more that you use Phillip. Like if you if you're giving him the ball 20 times a game and then targeting him four or five times and he's catching three or four of those, you're talking, you know, that's Derrick Henry touch territory. But I think his rookie year, he had 192 rushes. That's 12 carries a game. Oh, he played 15 games, but but it's like somewhere between 12 to 14 carries. Mm -hmm. He caught 37 or sorry, 35 passes. So that's about two and a half, somewhere two and a half, three. That's like 16 to 17 touches. And that's a sweet spot, I think, for him. I think a, exactly. Yeah. And people ask, well, why, why did you go and get four running backs? For this particular reason. Because yeah. I think there is a law of diminishing returns in some sense for guys. Okay, well, he averages five and a half carries for his first 100 attempts. Well, give it to him again. Another 100 carries, he's going to be fine. No, I don't think so. I think he, he, it, that's going to diminish over time. So I feel like his rookie year is maybe the best example of him at his best because he had the same number of receptions as a rookie as a second-year guy, but he had 32 more carries, but he actually carried it less. His average went down. He went from a 5.4 yards per attempt average to 4.5, and that's what I like looking at. It's yards per attempt average. That yards per attempt number is one I look at at 5.4. That's pretty darn good. If you get that, even his middle year, second year at four and a half, Phil Lindsay carries it 130 times at four and a half yards per pop. I'm talking about a guy that's at 600 plus, 700 plus yards. Um, well, I guess it's 17 game season. So talking 680, you're talking about 750 rushing yards just in that. It's a productive year. That's a, that's a very, very productive year. Um, from that perspective, I, I know my math is probably not, not great, but if you give it to him 
if you let's say it this way, you give it to him 10 times a game for 17 games, you're talking about 750 yards on a season, and he's probably going to catch two, three passes. That's 13, 12 to 13 touches a game. That's how I think about it. Now, how many of those touches is he going to get out in space, toss sweeps, um, swing routes out of the backfield, you know, circle routes, you know, pass routes versus gap play, power play, running the ball inside, cutting back on a wide zone, whatever the case might be, where he's got to he's got to handle the the big dudes inside. So that I think is where Nick brings up a great point, and that is, I'd like to get him outside, yeah, get him to space. And I did a I did a telestrator on a run that he had. It was his only touchdown run of the year against the LA Chargers. And it was one of those in which he created his own space. And it was re- it was really a play in which Kenneth Murray, the rookie linebacker for the Chargers here out of Elkins, went to Oklahoma, was standing in the gap, standing in a hole, and Lindsey basically froze him read the blocking scheme, got behind his guard, and then that guard was eventually able to get Murray, you know, knocked off a little bit, and Lindsey then goes through untouched. Those are, I mean, those are tremendous. Now, you don't go inside run a lot and not get touched, but that's what ended up in a touchdown. When he gets space, he's extremely difficult to stop because he doesn't have to break down on you you know, pitter-pat the feet and then figure out, he's going to put his foot in the ground like Arian used to, put his foot in the ground and go, you're going left, I'm going right. You're going right, I'm going left. And he's not stopping. And I, and I love that in a running back. Yeah. And I think that's what Lindsey has. So to me, there's, you know, there's a lot of math involved in all the things that we're kind of talking about. But having four running backs at a minimum, having four guys, four veterans, I think you allow all of them – to be at max level the majority, if not all the season. You don't have to ask one of those running backs, look, you're the guy, carry it 20 times today. You don't have, you don't have to. Right. You don't have to. And I think that ends up being, uh, being a good thing. Lindsey gets 10 carries. Johnson gets 10 to 12. You know, Mark Ingram gets 7 to 8. I mean, however you want to split it up. I, and I, I, I like that concept. I just think with Philip Lindsay, you've got that opportunity um, to get him the ball in different ways. The same with David Johnson. I really do. I mean, you can even throw it to Mark Ingram, too. The passing game with these running backs, I think, could be, uh, could be very, very interesting and really allow Terod Taylor to do some different things, like they were able to take use uh, and make use of Austin Eckler, you know, out with the Chargers. Right. You know, Tyrod only had one game with him, but that's, you know, they used Austin Eckler that way. I think that's the way these backs can be used, too. And that's, that's, talk right now that's in a vacuum because obviously you got to have your defense doing what it needs to do of to course. keep you from having to play from behind and throwing too much so yeah you know, there's a lot that goes into it you know that I know that but we don't want fans to think that we're guaranteeing that the Texans are going to just you know have five yeah. guys getting 600 yards a piece this year we'd love right. that you know but that'd be awesome there's a lot, a lot that goes into it. but I, I was very intrigued by Nick and what he said and how he was explaining things and he just thinks the guy needs the opportunity, just needs the, the touches for that to, yep. to happen out of the passing game. Because we saw what he did on the ground as a rookie, and that was three, four years ago. But it's very intriguing, and it's something that I'm definitely going to keep my eyes on in the preseason and then once the regular season gets going because it's going to be here soon, man. 
It's going to be well. Really you know, it's interesting you bring that up, Drew. I, I went back and I I watched. Um, I pulled up a 2019 game of the the Cardinals and Seahawks, and my my premise was to watch Justin Britt from from Seattle and see, you know, just kind of get a, a little bit more of a gauge on what I had seen back when we signed him and go yeah. back and, and watch him again. And it's interesting because he talked about wrestling in his offseason uh, media session. And you really, you really can see it. You really can see it. And guys that wrestle, you can see it. You can watch a guy and go, yeah, that guy wrestled. You just know. <laughs> The offshoot of that was, and I wasn't really going to pay too much attention to the Cardinals offense, but there's David Johnson. And I'm watching David Johnson, and I'm seeing him like, whoa. And I was kind of fast-forwarding, but I got to a point where I kind of stopped, and it just so happened to be the next play, and I was watching. There's David. They gave it to him on, a, on an outside zone. He cuts it back. He ends up you know, making a, a cut, and boy, away he goes. Then a few plays later, they throw him a little circle route over the, over the center, and I'm like, wow, look at him. I mean – you just – I mean, I know it's 2019. Look, I mean, I, I get it. It's, it's still a couple of years ago. And right back years, two years ago, might as well be eight years ago. But watching David again, I was like, man, there's something there with David Johnson as well. But, like I've said many times, and you and I have, have said this, got to use him in the right and proper way. Yeah. And I think that's going to end up being key. And I think it's key for, the, for all these running backs. And, look, you're not going to do – everybody right on the offense. You're not going to be able to use every single player on the offense the exact way that every player feels like, well, this is me at my best. It just, it can't happen that way. But the more guys that you can get at that particular level to be able to use in a proper way. And I think that's where running backs kind of come in. I think these guys now moving on another year, a little bit older, they don't, they don't need – I mean, David Johnson doesn't need his 2015-2016 production with the Cardinals. He doesn't need that. They don't need that. Um, so I think you can use him in the right way. Philip Lindsay, same thing. I think you can use him uh, in, the, in the right and proper way. Receivers, Brandon Cooks, there's ways you can use him. These tight ends, how do you use these guys? That's where Tim Kelly and his offensive staff have really you – know, how do we make sure that we're using these guys in the right way? And I always go back to Lamar Miller. You, you and I have talked about this. Lamar was a Lamborghini Ferrari. And when he got here, he was kind of pigeonholed into being an F-150. And everybody kind of knocked, you know, Lamar, oh, he's not this, he's not that. And it was like, yeah, but imagine if you, imagine if you were a, a, a chef and then they said, okay, go and farm. And it's the Mitch Hedberg joke. Go and farm and raise all your vegetables and do all those things. And then – come in and cook it all and make us all happy. I mean, that's essentially what they were asking him to do, and that was not his thing. So maximizing what it is that these backs can do, what the receivers are great at, and what these tight ends, how that mix can go together, that's going to be the challenge for this offensive staff, but I'm hoping at least the running backs, they're going to be able to take this group and maximize them just by sharing the load, both passing and running. Well put. And speaking of Mitch Hedberg, uh, have you ever noticed – I haven't said this in a long time and asked you this in a long time. Have you ever noticed that dogs are always in the push-up position? That's very good. I went to the doctor the other day. Do not go see Dr. Acula. I could do this all day with Mitch Hedberg jokes, man. I could go go all day. Legend. Legend. Ducks eat for free at Subway. (laughs) I'll see you, man. This has been in the lab.